Welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community Podcast. Each week, your host, Trisha Stutzel, is highlighting people and organizations in our communities that are serving through volunteer work and giving back to make our community, country, and even the world a kinder place to live. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community Podcast. My name is Trisha Stetzel. I'm the owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions and the founder of Serving the Community Podcast. I'm really excited to have my guest on today that I met through a mutual contact. Uh, This gentleman is actually in Chicago doing some great things. Michael Allen with Together Chicago, welcome to the show. Thanks, Trisha. It is a privilege to be with you. I'm delighted and excited and uh, grateful to be on with you today. I'm very excited as well. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about you and then let's dig into your organization Together Chicago. Yeah, so I am originally an immigrant from the island nation of Jamaica and uh, came here in 1977 with my parents as a nine-year-old boy and grew up in Fort Lauderdale. That was our first point of entry. Became a naturalized citizen in 1986 with about 50,000 other people in the Orange Bowl, was sworn in in the Orange Bowl by uh, Congressman or Senator Claude Pepper, I believe, in 1986, uh, became a citizen and then uh, finished growing up in South Florida, came to Chicago to go to seminary um, at Trinity, Uh, really felt called into ministry, uh, pastoral ministry at the time, and uh, married to my sweetheart, Mariusa Allen, who is from uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And we've got four children, uh, one married and uh, two in college and one at home. And so uh, the question I always ask people, if I'm Jamaican and my wife is Brazilian, what does that make our kids? It's either Jamzillians or Brazmacans, I think. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, That is awesome. And you're almost an empty nester, it sounds like. Almost, yeah, yeah. It's getting there and we're feeling, we're feeling like it because we're not used to having just three of us around the table right now for dinner. Most of the time we, uh, we have a full house, not only our own kids, but we often have people in our home for dinner, uh, neighbors, friends, uh, coworkers, et cetera. And uh, so of course, pandemic has you know put a kibosh on a lot of that in terms of outside people coming around and sitting around your table, breaking bread. But we love to do that. We both have the gift of hospitality and um, we host students from all over the world. Uh, internationally who come here to study English and we, uh, we we host them in our home and so on. Even that, those schools were shut down last year and I'm not sure if they're going to reopen, but yeah, Empty Nest That's is awesome. coming. Yeah, it is. Well, and it's wonderful, you know, you're serving the community even on a personal level and I love mm-hmm. That I think that's amazing. We should all uh, take a note from you and uh, be giving back to our local communities in that way as well and inviting people into our homes, especially with 2020 and even 2021 is almost half over. I can't believe it. Yeah, I I am 100% convinced that if more Americans open their homes to people that are different from them, uh, neighbors, friends, coworkers, et cetera, Um, the world would be a better place. Uh, There'd be less talk about racism and classism and all the isms and schisms. If we would just learn to appreciate what is different about one another and learn to celebrate those differences and um, instead of being fearful of the things that are different um, and just learning to, like Jesus said, love one another, you know? Um, So we've got a long ways, I think, to learn. There's some bright spots of people doing that, but we need more of us doing that. And I think that'll go a long way to heal what ails America today. 
Absolutely. Thank you for offering that. I really appreciate it. So let's talk a little bit then about Together Chicago. And um, I appreciate you sharing the story of it a couple of weeks ago when we first met. So let's tell the audience more about the organization. Yeah, so Together Chicago was founded uh, four years ago after a horrific year of uptick in the violence. Uh, a very successful businessman by the name of Dave Dillon, who is here in Chicago, and myself, we were introduced by a mutual friend. And we were both very, very troubled about the violence in Chicago and what we could do about it. He, a very successful businessman, incidentally born in the island nation of Japan, his parents were missionaries there, and I was born in the island nation of Jamaica. He came here to go to college at Wheaton, and I came as a young immigrant boy with my parents um, to start life here over. And, um, and we met, you know, 40 years later in Chicago uh, as adults, and, and he... Uh, and I had the very same passion about, and, and questions about what can we, the church, do about the violence that was raging in the city of Chicago. And after a meeting for a few weeks and bringing our influential leadership teams together, we decided that um, it would be God's will for us to both work together. And so we joined forces, and that's why the organization is called Together Chicago. Uh, and, and we want um, so here's a, um, a white Presbyterian businessman with a black Baptist preacher uh, coming together to start an organization to help stop the violence in Chicago. So that, that was, we knew that was a God thing um, because that just doesn't happen every day. And, um, and Dave has become a, a, a dear friend and, um, and brother in Christ and, and we really do love one another and are working hard at trying to reduce the violence. And, and so we, we do it, we have four different strategies around um, trying to reduce the violence. One uh, involves the legal community. So we get uh, attorneys to give pro bono time uh, to help solve civil cases before they become criminal cases. And then we, we have the help from the uh, educational front where we try to intervene in the, the, the kids, especially at the age where they're ripe for being recruited into gangs. So that's a preventative strategy. Uh, and we go in uh, mobilizing church volunteers to uh, adopt a school closest to their church and um, mentor and tutor not only the kids, but also their parents in education. Uh, and then uh, thirdly, we have a, an economic development uh, plan where we are seeking to, to bring economic inflows into communities that have been uh, divested in over the years where, where companies have pulled out and pulled out, uh, especially manufacturing. Uh, on the west and south sides of Chicago, uh, manufacturing was what created a lot of, of middle-class jobs for uh, families to grow into the middle-class sector of society. And when Coca-Cola and, and Oscar Mayer and Hershey's Chocolate and so many other companies pulled out and left the city, that left a void and, uh, and hurt a lot of families. And so we're trying to uh, lure manufacturing back into the city and other ways of uh, developing uh, economic opportunities for folks to get jobs, livable wage jobs, and, uh, and rebuild their families and, and have sustainable uh, income so they don't have to sell drugs and sling guns on the street. Uh, so that's, that's what it's all about. Now, I, before we started recording, I asked you what was on your mind, and you painted a very clear picture 
of what's happening right now. And I would love for you to revisit that story so that we can uh, get the listeners a real clear picture of what's happening right now. So there's a a little girl in Chicago, I believe she's about 10 years old, uh, lives on the South side and, and a minister in the community asked her, you know, um, how are you doing today? And, and what's going on with you? And she said, uh, really, she said, I, I, I'm so sad because I can't play in my, in my park that's around the corner from my house. And the minister said, why can't you play in the park around the corner from your house? And she said, well, the park is overrun by gangs and there's always shooting out there. And, um, and so it's not safe. And so he said to her, so what do you do? What do you do because you can't go outside? What do you do instead? And she said, well, I uh, go on YouTube and I watch other kids play outside. And, um, and I thought to myself, is that what our inner city communities have come to in this country where kids can't uh, have the freedom to play outside safely in the parks in their, in their, around by their homes? And so that is what drives us. That's what keeps me up at night. That's what wakes me up in the morning to get after the job of trying to reduce the violence in our in our city. Uh, nobody should ever have to trade safety uh, for uh, their housing and where they live in proximity to their housing. And um, and so you know that's that's what motivates us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I love that you're bringing. Um, so many things to the community between legal and education, mm-hmm. the economic flows, mm-hmm. as well as um, just your mission, right? And mm-hmm. bringing, um, bringing ministry uh, to these mm-hmm. young men. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Michael, how can people help? How can people get involved in Together Chicago? That's a, a great question. Well, for the people who are listening, who may be people of faith and who understand the power of prayer, um, you can add your prayers to ours. Uh, we believe that prayer is powerful and nothing good happens without prayer. So we'd encourage you to pray for Chicago when you turn on the news and, and you hear about the gun violence statistics in Chicago. Um, uh, please join us in, in prayer. Uh, and then, of course, secondly, if you uh, know of, of folks in the Chicago community, for example, who are attorneys or who are business people, um, you may want to mention to them Together Chicago and ask them to go on our website and check it out so that they might want to decide after looking and checking us out that they want to lend some uh, time or talent uh, to volunteer in in the work that we're doing, whether it's uh, mentoring, tutoring, or it is um, giving some pro bono legal uh, time to advise our clients that come. So we have we have something called the Gospel Justice Center, and so uh, we are we have 14 Gospel Justice Centers scattered across Chicago in communities of need, where violence is, and poverty is high, where people don't have access to good legal counsel that's affordable for them, and uh, attorneys give uh, a couple hours a month, pro bono, at churches. So churches open their doors, attorneys come in and set up an office. And we have volunteers that promote the the, uh, the service in the community, and then folks come with their legal problems, and then they leave feeling that somebody cares about them, that's able to give them a plan where they can uh, solve that legal problem before it becomes a, a criminal issue. So it's usually a civil case. About seventy percent of all legal issues in the courts are are 
civil issues. But sometimes if you don't have an attorney, you can't afford one, or you don't have access to one to, to help you solve that civil case, it becomes a, a criminal case. In other words, people do something that, that creates a criminal offense uh, because of the, legal, the civil offense that uh, they can't solve. So that's one thing um, folks can do is to just refer uh, attorneys to us in the Chicago area who are willing and able to help. Um, also, you might have business connections here. Uh, maybe you're a business person and, and you do business with, with other clients or um, providers in, in Chicagoland. And you might uh, talk about how, as you, you know, want to give back in some way with your business, maybe you can help uh, ref open the doors for folks to get jobs or maybe job training uh, or uh, maybe opening a, a business uh, in an area that really desperately needs uh, a business to attract uh, workers to solve uh, uh, people that need jobs, you know, solve the problem of joblessness in certain communities that need that. So uh, uh, ideas and referrals. Um, and so we all know that as, as business people uh, in the community, you know, it's sometimes not what you know, but who you know. Yeah. And so opening that, uh, that opportunity for uh, networking is, is great for your listeners uh, who may be in the, the Houston area, but I, I'm sure you may have listeners that listen from all over the place. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, and then thirdly, folks can, uh, uh, can give. There's charitable giving, whether it's from uh, your personal finances or from your business finances. Some companies I know like to, to give back to the community. Uh, they have a charitable foundation or a charitable account. Uh, they do matching giving uh, with their employees, that kind of thing. And um, Together Chicago can certainly uh, benefit from, from those who want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I shared with you, I have family in Chicago and friends. Yeah. So, uh, in the suburbs, not uh, not in the city. I, right. I the the traffic in Chicago, I think, is almost as bad as in Houston. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, we ought to just get helicopters, right? And then right. we just fly over. That's what they do in in Sao Paulo. All the executives in Sao Paulo, they fly around in helicopters because the traffic is even worse <laughs> than Chicago and Houston. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I think your organization is doing some amazing things out there, Michael. So um, to take us out, can you just give me because I know you're not flying around in a helicopter. Can you right. just give me day in the life of Michael yeah. Allen when yeah. you're working inside of your organization? Absolutely. One of the programs we have uh, to help reduce the violence is working with the police department. Now, I know in the last year or two, we've had a lot of people that are, are upset with the police and some are calling for defunding the police and all of that. But we are unashamedly uh, working with the police department in Chicago because we believe they're part of the solution, not, not a big part of the problem. Um, and so no doubt they need to take accountability for whenever they do something wrong, they step over the line like anybody else. But by and large, uh, you know, 95%, maybe 98% of police officers on the force are good people, men and women that uh, love what they do and do it with a very high standard of professionalism. And they really do care about the community. And one of the things that we have discovered is that the police department, they don't, they don't think that they can solve the problem of crime especially gun violence on their own. They're tired of locking up people. That's what, they, that's what they are paid to do and that's what they have to do. But they would really rather an, an intervention with community service partners like us 
to help stop the flow of violence and other crimes. And so they've created the opportunity for organizations like Together Chicago to come alongside and help them do their job. And it's called community policing. So there's a program also called uh, custom notifications where uh, we partner with the police. We train up pastors to ride along with the police to go visit in that district. Less, you know, Chicago has something like 22 police districts scattered across the city. Our, we are responsible now as a full partner with the police department for six of the 22 districts. And what we do is a commander will have a list of say their top 10 troublemakers in their district. And they want to go and pay them a visit because these guys have routinely been locked up. They go serve time, they get out and they continue in the life of crime. And so they, again, they realize the police are frustrated going, you know, obviously this guy didn't learn his lesson. He's been locked up five times for the same offense. And uh, he serves a couple of years, three, four, five years, whatever it is, he's back on the street doing the same thing. So we go right along with the commander in the district visiting the top 10. And we knock on the door, the commander gives them uh, a greeting introduction, explains to them that they really do care about them, but they've got a job to do. If they keep doing what they're doing, they're gonna you know, get locked up. But they say, I brought with me today not to lock you up. I didn't bring my cuffs to lock you up. I'm not drawing any guns in you today, um, but I brought a pastor that you should meet so that he could meet you and, and tell you about some things that might can help you. So then they step out of the way, I step up and I look at the guy in the eye and say, look, we love you, we care about you. We don't care about your past. We do care about your present and your future. And I, and I look him in the eye and I tell him this, Trisha. I say, look, you are worth more to this community alive and free than dead or in prison. And the road that you're on right now is gonna end one of two ways, a box in the ground or a box with bars. So if you let me help you, I will help you. If you make them stop you, they will stop you. That's the message that we give to these guys. And then I give them my card and I say, look, tell me what resource you need to put the guns and the drugs down and I will mobilize that resource for you. You just make one phone call, it's just me. And I will mobilize the resource that you need to make different decisions, healthy, vibrant decisions for your life that will lead you on a path to prosperity and out of a life of crime and poverty. Um, and, and so on Monday, for example, we did two of those calls in the neighborhood where I live with the police department. Commander came out. We had two on the list that we went, wanted to see that day. One of the guys lived two blocks from my house. And he's a known gang member on the street, had just been just gotten out of, of jail. He was on an ankle monitor. His name is Michael. And so just like my name's Michael, his name's Michael. So we had a great rapport right off the bat. And I said, and I gave him the spiel. And he said, Pastor, I'm so thankful you came out. And he said to the commander, Commander, thank you for bringing the pastor to my house. And he said, um, he said, I need a job. I said, that's fantastic. I said, I got you. I said, what else do you need? He says, well, uh, you know, I just had a baby and um, it's my first baby, he's two months old and I need some baby wipes. I said, I got you. I said, what else do you need? And as we begin to talk, uh, he explained to me that he dropped out of school in the 10th grade, which is a typical story. Many of these guys are high school dropouts and they start using drugs, they get disinterested in their schoolwork, they can't focus, they lose interest. 
and then they get a prime target for being recruited into the, the gangs. And so I said to him, I could get you a job, but you may not be able to keep the job unless you finish your GED. Uh, and, and sometimes it's even hard to get a job without your GEDs. That's a minimum you need to get. And then we can get you into a job training program that not only teaches you how to work, but teaches you how to deal with all the challenges that's gonna come with life so you can focus and do your job, but also take care of your family and all of that. And this guy's eyes lit up and he was so grateful. He texted me the next day. Matter of fact, today, before jumping on with you, Trisha, I, I took my intern over to his house with a whole bag of, of baby wipes. And then I got him a CTA card um, so he can get on the bus and the train for the next month and uh, unlimited access to the bus and train to move about to get where he needs to go to you know manage his life. And then I gave him a, a, an info sheet of how to get involved in this, this job training program uh, where he can really learn what it means to work and to have a good work ethic and to, to, so he can keep a job because there's plenty of people who are willing to hire him and give him a job. But the question is, can he, can he keep it? Will he, will he be able to show up on time and have the right attitude and the right work ethic and the mindset to succeed? And so we wanna help him for the long-term. And, and so we get him a lot of training to do that uh, with one of our partners. So that's, that's, that's in a nutshell, kind of what, what we do. And it's exciting. Wow, day in the life of Michael Allen. Thank you for all of the amazing work that you're doing through your Together Chicago organization. If people want to get involved, how can they find you? Is it the, is it best to send them to the website? Dot com, uh, togetherchicago.com. Uh, it's a simple uh, website uh, there, and there'll be lots of uh, opportunity. You can see all of our directors from the different uh, programs, touch base with them. Uh, you can also click and, and make a safe, secure, fast donation if that's what you want to do as well. And um, we'll be glad to talk with you about exploring opportunities uh, to really uh, move the needle in, uh, in, in making the violence go down and thriving communities go up. Awesome. Michael, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Trisha, and God bless you. Appreciate what you do. Thank you very much. And that concludes this week's episode of Serving the Community.